Welcome to the Faded ARPG Podcast, episode number 124. Happy New Year, everyone. It's uh, kind of cool that we managed to line it up, that the last episode of 2023 was 123, the first episode of 2024 is 124. And today we're going to talk about something very exciting, which is, of course, the Badger Private League, which... uh, has a new name, the best private league, of course. But before we dive into it, guys, I really love doing the podcast. I really love doing streams. I would like to do more and more and uh, continue with the consistency that we've been doing this past month. So in order to do that, I need your support. We need to get the channel to more success. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all the goodness. Watch the podcast two or three times on the various platforms if you can. And uh, if you want to support financially, you can purchase a subscription on Patreon, Twitch or YouTube and you'll be shown on the end screen. And uh, without further ado, let's go into the episode. Welcome back in the new year. Balor Mage, we haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> Welcome. I'm uh, still back in the private league, still doing private league stuff. Yeah, a little bit distracted there in the background. What are you up to right now? Making mad uh, cash? I was, I, was looking at, I was looking at path of building, trying to fix my build, but uh, I've got a terrible plan build and i'm trying to make it work but it's not working and it might be a bad idea all right and we also have guests today should we get them in i say yes and uh one of them is someone we haven't had on here before and i'm super excited a, a german poe enthusiast fellow german we don't get a lot of german guests here on the podcast outside of never sync welcome with us salty dane did i say it correctly Yes, that is correct. Hello, everyone. I'm also, I'm getting confused for Dan or Salty Dan quite often, so it's it's not mm. a big deal. <laughs> but but is it is it the derivative from Dan or is it like why is it Dane? Because I always think of Danish people. You refer to a Danish person yeah, as a Dane. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm getting this a lot, and it actually derives from my old gamertag. Like I had a character back in the day of World of Warcraft when uh, Wrath of the Lich King released, and that was called Dane, and that was my character name ever since. And I changed to Sword Dane because of some incidents that happened while progress raiding uh, Mythic in uh, I think Battle for Earth of the bfa expansion and All there right. was some some autistic some salt involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right and then we of course have uh, a familiar face in the form of lily licious from the bpl organization team how are you doing lily i'm doing good how are you doing uh pretty okay yeah i'm very excited actually i did do a really long stream on New Year's Eve, and then I disappeared for two days because I completely uh, drained myself. And now I'm back, and uh, yeah, excited to to get into this. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first time that we actually properly managed to schedule a podcast about BPL at the right time, which is two days before the signups actually start, right? Just before. Yeah, we've always had issues scheduling it at the perfect time, but I, I, I feel like this time we're nailing it. Yep. Yep. So giving everyone who's interested plenty of time to play. Now, of course, in order to get the people interested, we, we don't want to lose people right at the first uh, the first paragraph. So what 
is a BPL. Like, I mean, probably we have a lot of people watching who haven't uh, played a BPL before because it's their first league in Path of Exile, or they haven't like gone that deep into the community. So, uh, Salty, how would you describe uh, the BPL to someone who, who's just started playing the game? What is a BPL? Yeah, so um, the BPL is different for everybody that's involved, right? There are multiple uh, types of players involved. Some are farming content, just doing maps, getting supplies for, for the team, right? Because it's important to work as one unit. Some people are doing heists, uh, grinding all the heist stuff, mostly currency and diff cards, which is really, really helpful to all the blasters that are just pushing content, like rushing to bosses as quickly as they can because there are quite a few races. And there's the, the different side for people like enthusiasts like me, who, first of all, basically don't sleep. Like, I have this race <laughs> with some other people in the BPL to see who can sleep the least, right? And we were almost every like six to seven hours over the entirety duration of those four days events. And it's it's getting a bit stressful at this point, but it's fun. It's fun to go full DJ mode for a few days and it's manageable. And quite a few people actually enjoy this a lot. Um, but yeah, for me, it's mostly about just doing some event type where collecting stuff, like having really grand goals because just collecting every single unique of every single Uber boss is quite interesting. Or not Uber boss, depending on the variation you have. But yeah, it's quite fun. It's it's a lot of fun for all the kinds of people that just want to play as a, as a team, just playing with other people, finding new players to play with. Also, we have developed loads of friendships or just play companions over the years. And yeah. It's something for everybody that can be enjoyed by every type of player. That that was great, I, you, but you kind of jumped directly into the middle of things. Uh, maybe maybe to start a little bit of entry level. Uh, it is a, a team based event, uh, right? And yeah. uh, but you don't get to pick which team you're on. Correct, correct. Um, I, I didn't want to like uh, steal so much from Lydia's explanation. <laughs> That's probably more accurate what it really is to most of the players. But yes, it's a team-based event. You're getting sorted into one of X amount random teams um, that can differ, differ between like, I think three was the least amount of teams we had and five or six was the most or something. And you're getting some random ascendancies that you are allowed to play and you're not allowed to play others. So for example, you can be allowed to play a Pathfinder, but not a Deadeye. And then you just have to choose a build and the content you want to play and supply stuff for your team and do that content for the duration of four days. You can switch, you can talk with other players, deviate from that. Like you're not forced to do heist if you say you want to do heist for all the four days and you are not allowed to log off. You definitely can do that. And just heist for you. Things. <laughs> it's just heist. Yes. It. You're not allowed to, to ever leave the rogue harbor. <laughs> you get one coin and that's it. No, no, no potting back to hideout. To be fair, there are some people who would love that. Yeah, yeah, there, there are like really huge amounts of crazy people that actually enjoy that. They, they sign up immediately. They're like, I don't care what team I'm on. I just want to play heist for four days and do nothing else. And they really stay in heist for four days. They never leave it. It's surprising to me, honestly. I can't oh. stand it. I was thinking about doing it this uh, this BPL, but then I was like, "What if I find a simplex amulet?" And those things, the bases are worth like half a mirror right now in software trade, right? So it's like, oh, then you'd have to tell the team that you want it back after the league, and then you'd feel like a scumbag. <laughs> no, that's not an issue. Mostly, like you're you're allowed to just say, "Hey, I want this back after the BPL event," and it's all fine. Um, there might be some things where you're like being asked, like, can we double crop your head under mage blood at the end of the event? Because it's fun, right? And you can say, no, and just take it. It's totally fine. Uh, you can give the items up for raffle. Like, most of the times, I personally just 
supplying my character, whatever I'm doing, like, here's my POV, here's my character, go play it, have some fun in whatever content I did. Um, but yeah, you're totally allowed to take the items with you back. It's totally fine. And nobody will, will prosecute you for, the, for that or something. All right. Uh, th that sounds great. Lily, do you want to add anything? We completely misportrayed your uh, your baby here, right? Like, do you want to jump in and maybe clarify some things that we, we may have uh, misnomed or something like that? I mean, it was a pretty good explanation. Um, what I would like to add is basically the entire event is built around getting out of your comfort zone, meeting new people, playing new ascendancies that maybe you aren't used to playing, doing content you're not maybe used to playing. Uh, and being in a large team like this can be really helpful in that regard because you get a lot more help than you would get in Trade League, for example. Because if you say you want to go really hard on Legion content, then if you're able to do that content, you will be getting help to do that. You will be getting the, uh, what are it? Stones? Are they called stones in Legion? I don't play the game anymore. I just run BBL. <laughs> Uh, the the emblems, you mean the timeless yeah, emblems? emblems. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but <laughs> um, it's actually not a joke. I don't actually play in BPL anymore because I don't have time to play BPL. I just run the event. Uh, it happens when... to me all the time. I, I forget the most like the most important terms in Path of Exile. Yeah, uh, but I'm not the only one running the event. Of course, we have a large team. Uh, involved in running the event, a really large planning team that work really hard on making the event as fun as possible. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe not surprisingly hard, but it's very hard to balance an event with this many moving parts, uh, with this many systems. But I feel like we do a pretty good job. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been around for so long and uh, celebrated by so many people. I mean, this is probably the private league event every league that i mean most consistently has been around every league but also like the, the one that most people look forward to hands down mm, do you have any uh insight already uh, as to like what's different can, can you i know there's no official announcement trailer yet for the league but the signups are starting in two days so i assume internally you've already decided a lot of things for yes. this upcoming BPL. Are you able to share any details? I I might get yelled at a bit, depending on what I share. But yes, yeah. I do have some details I feel like we're able to share. Um, Spoil everything. Of course. Uh, in the past, we've always tried to avoid banning skills because we want people to play what's fun. Uh, but a few leagues ago, we ran into the issue that um seismic trap was just the dominant skill for racing in all situations there was no blasters doing bounties that played anything but seismic trap so mm -hmm. we banned seismic trap for a league or two and seismic trap was not banned this league uh but we are intending to limit some of the choices that the highest end of player can play in these racing contexts uh, precisely because some of the skills are just so dominant that if we allowed them in the bounty submissions there would just be no other skills used so pendants brand uh i 
cannot that's confirm or deny that Fenris Brand is on the list, but there is a list, and it's more than just one skill. I'm uh, details on that. Details on that will be released before the uh, first sort, at very very least. Uh, okay. So before you know what ascendancies you have available, you will know what skills that you are not allowed to submit in boss kill recordings. Now, those band skills are allowed for everyone to use in everything except those bounty submissions. So if you want to play Penance Brand, you can. You just can't send in the first uber serious kill for your team or whatever. Yeah, but for most submissions, you're able to be uh, to, to use the skill to progress where you want to be, but you have to play something else then. For example, like if you're doing the Act 5 race or Act 10 race or whatever we are deciding on that happens this time around, like last PPL was Act 10, if I remember correctly, uh, you're not allowed to use it anywhere in this time frame, but once you've done this and you're progressing towards like an uber boss you can technically still play the skill, but you have to swap to another thing to kill the boss, right? To like play the fight. Hmm. One thing we're really trying to avoid are builds where you can just jump into an uber boss on a four link and kill it in 10 seconds, because that's not interesting racing content. Uh, but like I said, we're, we're also trying to avoid limiting people too much um, beyond just the ascendancy split, because that's always been a staple of BPL, where you are limited in what ascendancies you play to kind of force people to experience more of a game yeah that makes sense um i have a question that's slightly related maybe like a little bit of a sidetrack but i think it's fitting right here and something earlier when i brought up bpl in chat when i was doing the pre-stream people were like yeah but what mods are on the league and i was like there, there's no mods there's never been any mods you guys don't put mods on but have you ever considered like using the private league system to add difficulty to the game because you just said like four link, 10 second boss kill is not engaging content. So, I mean, assuming you could add mods and make it harder, is that something that you've toyed with? No. And there's a very simple reason for that. The banned skills are only banned for these bounty submissions, which is content targeted at the very highest skill level of player. Mm -hmm. Increasing the difficulty of the league through these modifiers would make it more difficult for everyone. And that would kind of go against the spirit of BPL because we do try to be an event that's accessible for most skill levels of player. We do think that you would struggle to get enjoyment out of the event if you just started playing a game and have literally no idea what you're doing. But as long as you've gotten maybe a league or two under your belt, we feel like you can get into BPL and have a really good time. And adding these difficulty modifiers to the league would kind of be detrimental for that lower skill level or lower experience level of player. Yep. Yep, that makes sense. That's actually what I like figured when I answered the question, but I wanted to hear it from you. <laughs> but that's <laughs> pretty much what I what I expected. Because there's, I mean, there's tons of people who already like decide that they don't want to play in BPL or they think they don't want to play in BPL because they don't want to commit to playing 10 hours every day for four days in a row because they have other things to do or something like that. So you don't really like artificially want to raise the barrier of entry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have players like Salty who play 20 hours a day, 24 hours a day if they can. Uh, we really That's don't recommend many. people do that. 
um, because it's it's just not a healthy way to play. Uh, we've actually redesigned what do you mean systems. It's not healthy, huh? <laughs> we, we've redesigned systems like Videl races in the past uh, that were just too encouraging of that level of play, where you just play constantly and don't sleep at all, uh, because we don't want to encourage unhealthy play styles. Now, if people still want to do that, it's fine. We're not going to stop you, but we're not. We don't want to have systems that. Uh, force it or even encourage it. And I, I really feel like the event can be really enjoyable, uh, even if you just play maybe during the weekend, an eight hour day, uh, but, and then during the work week, maybe three or four hours. Uh, that's still plenty enough to enjoy the event. Um, the only requirements to enjoy the event is some basic idea of how to play the game, and engaging with your team. It's really important to communicate with your team and really taking space and not just expecting people to notice that you need help. Yeah, also, something I want to add at this point is I often hear people, not complain, but they're saying things like, oh, I don't know if I'm helpful if I take like, eight to ten hours through the story so you are helpful it's totally fine to not like push as crazy as to people that are literally degening in there in those four days and that are degrading their own health for that um it's totally valid to just play through the story for like 10 hours 12 hours whatever taking two to three days for this and just farm some essences on the last day this still helps and the way you can enjoy the event is also by just joining the voice chat. Just hearing what people say, learn about the game. There's also the possibility to learn like really interesting things every BPL. For example, I even learned some really nice sorts of ritual and exiles and something about this. And just mechanics from the people who know how to min-max and play everything at 110% efficiency, basically. And that's a good opportunity for everybody, even if you don't have like too much time to invest into it. Yeah, that's true. Last time I, I also learned something about like some cluster jewels and which notables are efficient to go for and all like it. And I realized that the one that I wanted, I don't remember exactly, but like was barely better than the one that was 10 times easier to craft for the crafters. Yep. <clears throat> That, that helps a lot. Like there's, there's so much to learn because people, of course, in a four-day event with very limited resource, we have to supply at least like 10 to 20 people with really good gear to push all the Ubercon and all that. that. People will find ways to min-max every single thing about their build, about their gearing, their progression, their speed, defense, whatever it is. And it, it's so much to be learned there. It's always fun to, to just see new things it's emerge from there. New builds too. This is uh, this league is the first time I, I league started a private league, and I, I had to learn a whole bunch about limited resources and how many other ways there are to fix my problems, other than the go-to way where you just like I hey, just throw some money at it, spend this. But no limited resources. There there are so many more solutions to all my problems. Valor discovered Pantheon powers. <laughs> I only get to like ninety-five before I even look at Pantheons. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a really important point because when you play in Trade League, it's so easy to just go for the most optimal solution all the time. Yeah. But when there are much more limited resources, like in an SSF scenario or a private league like BPL, you really learn that optimal solutions is not just about what gives you the highest number, but also how 
many resources do you need to spend to get that number? So it's not just about DPS, it's about DPS per div or whatever you want to call it, or per hour. Yeah, that's true, because like, yeah, that currency could be used to get someone someone else higher and, and more competent and going. Yeah, and a side effect of needing to think about the efficiency of spending resources is that there's been a perception in the past about funneling resources to streamers or to blasters or to the most efficient players. And, and to a certain extent, there is some kernel of truth to that in that oftentimes giving resources to these really high efficiency players who often play the game professionally, it, it can be really good for a team to get those early points by giving them resources early. But there's also an aspect of the team leads and the people distributing these resources. They know who these people are. And they don't know who every person on the team is. So unless you tell them what you need, they're not going to know what you need. Hmm. And that's why I point out earlier that it's really important to speak up and to really engage as much as you can with your team. One of the best ways of doing that is to be active in the voice chats, because if you just shout out in a voice chat saying, hey, I need movement speed boots, someone probably have movement speed boots and can get them to you. Yeah. This also is, uh... use Discord more more effectively. Like I'm always seeing people that don't use Discord at all. And we we like for example, I in the past had a channel dedicated to me and my stress where I was doing like gigantic writers that are actually limited by the the max con, uh, character limit from um, Discord Nitro to whatever it's called. I just was so long like detailed posts about every single thing you have to see about this. People were like, yeah, I didn't look at this, and they're just playing blind, <laughs> wrong kind of like. Just inefficient where like dude you can just change two notables and you would get like 10 times the oils what are you doing <laughs> right so use the discord either voice channel read the chat channels there are sometimes like very important things pinned on there or like specialized channels the build sheets or just ask people either in the global in the voice channels or there's always like one big voice channel where all the people just just um like pile on like like into and they're just talking through each other but it's so much fun to sit on there and just hear people speak about the game a few leagues ago we implemented a rule that in order to be invited to the league you have to be in the discord and this is precisely why because there's so much information for every team so wait i can't even sign up if i don't have the discord no um, okay i know i was it was just not obvious looking at the website but it's not yeah. updated for the upcoming league yet uh, and if, if you're not in the Discord, by the time we send out league invites, you will be removed from the list of people getting invites. Oh, that's an important caveat. That's uh, important to yeah. look out for people. Uh, we have some notifications during the sign-up process that this is the case, uh, it, because it, it, it's so important to engage with your team. And the only way to do that before the event starts is by being in the Discord. Uh, there's giant lists of... Uh, builds that are suggested for your team based on the ascendancies you can play. You can see what ascendancies are available to you. You can see what trade currency you need to list your items for, what global chat in-game belongs to your team, 
all of these things are available in the Discord once you've sorted into your team. And if you're not in the Discord, you can't see them, which is a problem. Yeah. Also, well, speaking about, sorry. I was no, no, go for it. it. Um, use the trade side. It's something I, I can't stress enough, and I myself am at fault for, for not using it too often. But there are so many insane items on the trade side that are just free to use for everybody on your team. Because if you're looking for, like, let's say, like 6969 blast orbs or something, I think it was last BPL's uh, yeah. currency pricing, which is really nice, um, then you can just look for that. And they're like super ridiculously OP items for you just to pick. Like, I think last BPR was like just some roller cash boots flying around there. I was like, hey, this is like 80% more damage multiplier for my build. What the fuck? <laughs> I just took it. Okay, like, that's crazy. It, it, it's super huge. I like plus two ones on there or anything else. Like, like I think I even saw a PDR Chaos Rest Suppress six linked body armor lying there just for, for, for someone to pick up, basically. It's, it's insane. Right. Use mm. the trade website, look for the items there almost always free sometimes they are reserved for some pusher or they're just like in there for a short duration or something but it's super super helpful to use it and just look for items you need there will be something hopefully mm, that's actually I, I last time i played there weren't that many items like uh, top tier items on there because the crafting team would actually go through the trade and look for items that they could then funnel into like important key positions right so there's this I mean, one joke i think from, from last people a bit one before where our top craft was like the number one crafter on our team was the trade website because people were asking me hey can i get this item it's like yeah sure i'll craft it for you looking for the trade getting the item like here you go and it's for so fast oh my god you did it yeah yeah i did it easy <laughs> <laughs> easy done uh, it's so good one important thing to note is that exactly how things work does depend on the team because we leave a lot of things up to the individual team leads so if a team lead has certain instructions they want their crafters to follow maybe they only want crafters to work on certain types of items that's up to the team lead that's not something we enforce on an event-wide basis we, we do have team lead trainings that kind of aim to bring all the team leads up to a similar level so there isn't any um like huge advantage to having a certain team lead over another but at the same time you got to acknowledge that having a good team lead makes a big difference so the the like organization within the team depends on the team lead yeah i mean there are other influences too but yes it's important to have a good team lead that's taking care of things in advance, hopefully. I mean, hopefully. We, we've had a pretty, pretty good track record, I think. Do, yeah. yeah. Are we are we allowed to know how many teams they're going to be this time? Because their numbers have been all over the place. We've had teams of three, and I think, what was the highest? Like six? I think six, six was the most, yeah. yeah. Six? Uh, yeah. How many teams we have depends on team lead availability, because we always try to make sure that every team Makes sense. has a team lead so that there's always a team lead online. Uh, they can stagger the sleep schedules. They can uh, make sure that there's always someone around to make important decisions and keep an eye on things. And team leading really hard. So it's actually kind of challenging to find people that are both 
good at team leading, willing to learn what we're not good at, and available at the same time. So because of that, we've kind of reduced the amount of teams we get up to in later events. So like last time, let me just confirm so I'm not talking out of my ass. Uh, we are looking at uh, three teams, I believe. Oh, no, four teams. Four teams of 300 people each. Okay. That's not too bad. That's that's, uh, that's some sizable teams. Yeah. Uh, we, we've also considered having bigger teams, but the bigger a team is, the harder it is to organize. So yeah. we've kind of found a decent balance of roughly 300 people and having three or four team leads per team. Got That's it. kind of been the sweet spot that we've found. It does mean that there's limited spots in the event, uh, less than we've had in some events. I think the biggest we had was like 2,250 or something. Uh, but this time we're looking at 1,200 people, uh, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah. I wonder how fast that's going to fill up. It, it, it always depends. I, I feel so like affliction is it, it's really hard to tell. I feel like affliction is one of the more popular leagues in recent Definitely. times. So I feel like there's potential for quite a lot of people signing up. Um, then it also depends on whether like a big community person like Ziz is going to like join and promote the fact that he joins on his stream. And then if that happens, then you instantly fill up 500 exactly. slots or so. Yeah, uh, it's really hard to predict how fast things fill up. Uh, usually we've had at least a day or three uh, for people to sign up during, but we can't guarantee you'll get a spot if you don't sign up early. So if you really want to play, then on Friday at roughly league start time, be ready to sign up. Nice. All right. Friday fastest, GMT um, evening. The fastest yeah. I've ever seen that fill up was like a few hours. And then it's also been a few days before it signed up. So I, I have no idea how quick it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, we, we've had, I think, one or two events where we didn't fill up, where we had... Not hmm. many slots open, but a few slots open when we closed sorting. Yeah. Because we always lock in the teams 24 hours before start, so that there's not any big upsets in the balance between the teams. Because we, we try to ensure that we don't accidentally have every single high-efficiency blasting streamer on the same team. Because it just gets boring if all of the really high-skill-level players are on the same team. Uh, and leaving things open to the last second also leaves it open for that kind of player to slip in in the last second and making it easier for the balance to be wrecked. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think this is a good point to quickly uh, get everyone uh, up to par because I've seen like a couple confused questions in chat and everything. Guys, today we're talking about the BPL, which is widely regarded as the best and most anticipated private league event that happens every league in Path of Exile. The way that it works is that you have to sign up before the league starts, right? And then you get sorted onto one of a number of teams randomly. And within the teams, you have to organize 
and uh, help each other out to reach certain goals for points, which then determine the winner in the end. And like we already said, uh, these are kind of unpredictable in how fast they fill up. And a lot of times people watch me playing the league and they're like, oh, this looks really fun. Can I join? And then I have to tell them, no, you have to sign up before. Yeah. It's every time it's the same thing. This is one of the most fun events in PoE, right? And this time I actually... I have the podcast two days before. Guys, if you want to play, if you're even considering it, like watch out. There's the bpl-poe.com website. And Lily just said that they're opening signups Friday night, GMT time. Uh, so around the same time as League Start a couple of weeks ago. Did I forget, any, did I forget anything? No, I feel like that uh, covered it pretty well. I just, I just wanted to catch up everyone who may have missed the first half hour of yeah. the podcast and they're coming in as like, what are these guys talking about? Right? So, yeah. The, the website shown right now is still from last league. Uh, we haven't updated it for this coming event quite yet. We're expecting that to be out about the same time as signups open. Uh, so it will Hopefully. show 1,200 slots and it will show whatever the tagline is for this next one. Not Einar's Extravaganza, that was the last time. Also, right. maybe in the, the, the topic about signing up, also, if you need to sign off and be like, I can't participate, even though you already applied for the league, you can definitely do that. It's super easy, actually, to be like, hey, I can't play at this day or I can't play for the last two days, whatever, and you want to out. Uh, that's totally doable. Just write in the Discord. There's a specific channel I remember uh, for exactly that issue where, like, I can't play and it's not, not a big deal. I'm just good thrown out and there's another person that can just take your spot immediately and it even is possible i think during the event but that i might be wrong about that so there, there's a help form in the discord uh where i have three channels that i'm basically the only one running and uh, you can get help with your discord roles and account issues uh, but also there's a separate thread for checking your application status if we fill up and you wanted to see if you're on the wait list or something um but also for with event withdrawal so if you sign up and then realize before the event starts or before the first day before the event starts you can't play just post in there um, and we'll remove you from the event letting someone else take your spot that's especially important if we do fill up on signups and have people on the wait list then withdrawing will allow them in. The only caveat here is that, like I said, we lock the teams in 24 hours before the event starts. So on first day, leaks our time. And at that point, withdrawing won't actually do anything because you'll just, not, you, not your spot already. won't be given to anyone else uh, because we lock the teams. Uh, but anytime before that, you can withdraw whenever you want for any reason. Um, although withdrawing because you didn't like what team you got is something that is against the spirit of the event and something we heavily discourage. Yeah, uh, that's so frowned upon. It's heavily frowned upon. <laughs> and skirting the rules like that can eventually lead to bans from future events. Uh, if you want to participate in BPL, you have to be prepared to deal with what you get because that's kind of part of the event so um every team will have quite a few ascendancies so there's 
definitely going to be something you can play. And on top of that, every team does have access to the Scion and can use anything in the Ascendant uh, Ascendancy. So that's been definitely something of them, I think. Every yeah. every BPL? Yeah. I I think so. I, I wasn't part of the earliest few BPLs, so I can't say for sure about them, but ever since I joined, that's been the case. Yeah, I remember it pretty much always being the idea that Sion is available to everyone because Sion is kind of like, you know, how they say the the jack of all trades and master of none. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I don't think there's ever been a build that Sion is just so extremely good at that it eclipses all other uh, all other classes. So it's kind of been a fallback, um, at least for this kind of short, limited resource event. There has have been builds where you use a Sion that require a ton of very specific gear to do some insane things. But that's not something you're going to do in four days with limited resources. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely been Scion setups that were like super high end, and then like once you're past level ninety five, similar to like Trickster, Scion becomes a really good ascendancy because it's technically the best one at spanning the tree and like combining different benefits from different areas. But uh, typically, Scion was always the best when there was new jewels added. Right to the game, like new new types of jewels. Sion has the best access to jewel sockets. It yep. can heavily exploit stuff like pure talents and the timeless jewels with unnatural instinct or the, the um was transcendent flash. I think it was the thing from Tempo. It's really good at that too. Yeah, those are really good there in the in the area of the tree. But you don't technically mm -hmm. need to be a Sion to be in that area of the tree. Yeah, it's just more preferable because most people just don't path that. Like I've never seen a data even reach past the charge on kill mastery thing there with the notable in the middle of the tree. They, they never do that. So nah, not 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 rangers, but like tons of builds like to yeah, go yeah, yeah. for the but, mage bane. Uh, I mean, like stuff. specific builds because yeah. I'm specifically saying ranger because I I see quite a few people want to play either Deadeye or Pathfinder in the upcoming BPL. That's probably going to be a stable, but especially like or stuff like Inquisitor maybe too. But they will probably want to go there. And yeah, they don't they don't normally do that. But Science can. Science can profit from that. Hmm. Also yeah. like from my perspective, it's also quite fun just to see and test out new SNCs that you normally don't really play. Um I think BPL was one of the first times I actually played a Scion. And, and used it. I think it was the league where Spectre Helix was still a good skill. And it was actually really fun to play on something else that's not a dead eye or not the, the predominant essence for that. And yeah, it can be, be fun to just test out new things or just learn some things from other people that are playing something that's like really odd and weird and you don't know why they're doing this. I think I've, I've seen someone playing Icicle Mind of March of Legion on. And all tricks or something was like super insanely tanky and dealt so much damage. I didn't know what he was doing, but it was fun to see, and that's always always quite quite nice. Yeah, I oh man, I haven't even thought about what I want to play. Hmm. I mean, one of the beauties of BPL is that once you get sorted into a team and you know what ascendancies you you have available to you, there's always going to be a big list of builds that your team leader. Uh, is suggesting as possible builds to play. Uh, because 
it can be quite hard, especially for players used to playing in the trade environment, to kind of shift their mindset to this limited resources. So a lot of the builds that are really good in trade are just not viable in BPL. Uh, we had a league where everyone and their mothers wanted to play Vengeance Cascade. And we just, there was no way we we're going to, anyone was going to get enough gold oils to uh, give everyone Vengeance Cascade. So every team that had an ascendancy that had Vengeance Cascade builds were like, please don't play Vengeance Cascade. Please do not pick that build. Please don't do it. <laughs> you will not have right. a good time. We might be able to get you a golden oil by the end of the last day, but by exactly then six of you get to pick Vengeance Cascade. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I remember it's like 40, 40 people on blight, at least 40 people on blight, just farming golden oils, and like a ton of people just, just specking to side just to get some projectile stuff on there and just specking to dead eye or something. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> Right. So um, outside of the, the fact that every team gets a Scion, is there something else that you do with the ascendancies? Is there like weightings that you attach to them? Because in the in the general perception of the public, uh, some ascendancies are like really subpar and some are like really good. So are you trying to make sure, I assume you're making sure that like not two excellent ascendancies end up on the same team, but that they're somewhat distributed? Like specifically, yeah. chat was asking about Saboteur and Gladiator right now. Yeah, so the Ascendancy split is something that gets a lot of thought put into it by a lot of people every single league. Because just like you say, there are Ascendancies that are just objectively worse than the other ones. And some Ascendancies that are just objectively maybe not extremely better than everything else, but at least perceived to be better than everything else. Um, People are pointing out Gladiator, but I'd happily play a Gladiator. You can just do a Corrupting Fever Glad. That's fine. That's yeah. a great league start. I mean, it, it's fine, but it's not going to compete with some of the builds for all types of play. And, and we know that. So when we do Ascendancy Splits, we try to ensure that every team has something for every type of content. So hopefully every team will have an ascendancy that is really good for killing bosses. Every team will have an ascendancy that is really good at heist, that sort of thing. And it can sometimes be really difficult to do this. Uh, I mentioned Seismic Trap earlier. Um, we had a league where even if we banned Seismic Trap, Saboteur would just be the number one boss killer, regardless of what you did. And we could not find a way to create an ascendancy split uh, that um, allowed every team to be competitive while Saboteur was in it, because Saboteur would just dominate. So we could either give everyone Saboteur, and then everyone would play Saboteur, or we could give no one Saboteur, and that's what we did. So that was the one time we banned an entire Ascendancy from the <laughs> event, because it was just too powerful. We haven't had to do that since. Um, there's no Ascendancy that's kind of got no competition. So if we give two, half the teams the best bosser, the other half of the teams will get the second best bosser that's almost as good. Uh, 
but it, it can be really challenging to get a good sentence split. But we try really hard, and usually I think we do a pretty good job. Yeah, there are all long talks with like one of the best players I know personally from from like racing scene or something that deeply debate about what essentially goes into which team and how to balance them properly. So everybody everybody has uh, one bossing essentially at least like most of the time even two and mapping to do all kinds of stuff. And we try to balance it as good as, as good as we can. But there will always be some flaws that somebody picks up and it's like ah I can do this better. There this should be in this this team and this should be swapped or something and yes you can properly optimize things but we, we try to do the best we can or the team like I, I didn't i didn't intend to meeting actually because i was streaming but <laughs> but the team <laughs> technically does the best they can <laughs> we, we always try to improve the way we do splits uh and this last this current ppl we've been trying a more mathematical approach where we're putting weightings to ascendancies and uh, kind of ranking different splits based on these weightings. And of course, there's always a human touch on it eventually. We don't just run it through an algorithm and call it good. We run it through the algorithm and then look at it and debate it and Let adjust AI a little bit. Yeah, we, we, don't just ask, uh, we, we don't just ask a chat GPT. <laughs> I want to do it now. I know I want to ask ChatGPT to separate the classes. Don't, don't, don't. Just see what it comes up with. ChatGPT has no clue, dude. Especially if you don't have, like, I don't know what the, the new ChatGPT4 uh, has access to, but, like, I specifically asked ChatGPT the other day to give me uh, the exp like a step by step instruction for crafting a plus three Chaos Jumbo. And it was completely wrong. Like it, it spewed so <laughs> much nonsense, you wouldn't believe it. And uh, yeah, apparently, like the cutoff date for data for ChatGPT 3.5 is January 2022. So Ooh. there's a lot of information missing, even if you ask questions outside of PoE. Yeah, yeah but especially for things like PoE, that changes so rapidly. Where, <laughs> uh, information from three months ago is out of date. It, yeah, but even if it was up to date, like PoE has so much logic that you need to follow that a large language model just doesn't understand. There's like, yeah, I don't know. I think in the in the rest the the extraction for the bow, it told me to use essences to guarantee plus two, and then once I hit the plus two, I should regal the bow to make it rare. It's like what? Why? <laughs> yeah, we 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 don't trust Chat GPT in this household. No, I wouldn't. I trust ChatGPT to write my podcast description. That's about it. But I still check it manually. And I only do that because I know I need a description before the keywords, but I know like out of the human listeners, there's probably like three or four who read the description. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you already mentioned communication with the team is crucial. And I wanted to underline this, like, not only like the communication, like during the league, but especially if you want to be a valuable member of the team. And if you want to be handed gear that helps and you want to be like very integral to your team's success, then it's best to already get involved beforehand, like right after the sword, hang in the discord and talk to people and plan because beforehand is the most important i mean it sounds super obvious when i say it like that but beforehand <laughs> is the most important part of the planning stage 
absolutely. Uh, yes. Warhand is the most important part of the planning stage. It's a short event. We, we You have four days to play the event. And it needs to be said, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, but like I, I made the mistake myself that like until a couple BPLs ago, I've always like involved myself maybe a couple hours before the start. But then one BPL, I actually wanted to do bossing, and I told people that a couple days before, and I asked, okay, what would be a good build to do? I want to do this build. Does anyone have any other suggestions? And then you can also like balance with other people on the team that not too many people play the same builds and have the same requirements or overlapping requirements. You kind of like distribute it a little bit and. Um, relief the tension. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's a short event, so because it's so short, if you go into the event and spend the first twelve hours figuring out what you want to do, that's twelve hours that you haven't been doing what you want to do. Uh, which, when the event's only four days long, it's quite a long time. So, by really engaging with your team in the Discord, uh, being in voice chats being in the chat channels for your specific team after the first sort. It, it's really helpful in giving you the best possible BPL experience. Now, also to help you can get us much better because normally for, for me, as from my perspective at least, I always tell people, hey, ask me everything you want to know before the event. I can type in, in Discord like extensive messages and explain stuff to people but once the event starts i don't have any time and nobody else has right and the, the team leads are always overworked because i get messages like every five seconds from 10 people at once and they have to trade and organize a guild stash and manage like discord and all like the kind of stuff right so before the event starts you have so much time to ask people and you get so precise answers to all the questions you have and can plan and all that what what, what Catmaster just said like trying to balance the the gear requirements you have for certain things like for bosses if you have one ignite bosser you don't want to have a second one because it just overlaps a bit it's possible but it's a bit difficult and yeah that, that's really important the planning stage is the most important part about the planning stage <laughs> <laughs> it is important yeah. to plan when you're trying to plan but um yeah, yeah. The, the timeline for things this friday we're opening signups at the normal league start time and we're letting those run through the weekend. On Monday, roughly when the league would start, we're doing our first sort into teams, where everyone that's signed up will be assigned into a random team. And roughly 15 to 30 minutes after that, you will get your Discord role. And if you have a team of a website, but you don't have a Discord role, help forum is the way to go. Uh, and I'll figure out what's wrong and get you your role. But everything, all of that is automatic. So as long as you're signed up, you'll get a team next time we run a sort, which is Monday and then 24 hours after that until it's Thursday or we've filled up. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe that's uh, good. When do, are you ready with the with the announcement for uh, for which team gets which ascendancies, like the team names, the team logos, and stuff like that? Is that happening between the first sort and the sign up on Friday night? I guess somewhere in the weekend. We're, we're expecting to release um, the um, trailer. 
trailer and announcement of uh, what ascendancy is and all of that. That should go live at the same time as signups open this Friday. But if not, it should be either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, definitely before the first sort. And along with that, we'll also have information about what ban what skills are banned and any other significant rule changes. Um, there aren't a ton, but there are some differences in the which races are available. We we had a race for Trial of the Ancestors uh, last time. That's obviously not in this time. We have something else instead. And all of that should be in the release trailer that we hope to have out by signups, but might be a day or two after. Just uh, I've had three separate people message me on Discord and be like, you're really still today. Um, I just, just so that people are, I did something on my back. I don't know what it is, but I can't like move. So I'm literally just able to talk and it doesn't hurt so long as I don't move, which is why I'm just standing here. I, I can't go. I can't move. Wait, you're standing? Well, sitting here. Okay. Oh, he, he's just... a streamer, so he's exclusively a torso, right? So he's technically standing right now. Well, I, I know that Balor has a standing desk set up and that he could be standing, but then I was like, well, the chair is on 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 the same yeah, height I'm, as the head, so like if he was standing, then he would be really short. But I know Balor is not that short because I've seen pictures of him at ExileCon. So I was like a little bit confused, but um, yeah, no, like I'm, I'm slightly unrelated, but I had like a terrible problem the other day where I ran out of body lotion and like when you have an aging body and you're not like in your, don't wait, when you're like, <laughs> this is not a masturbation joke. You sure? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Well, what? <laughs> yeah, you just mentioned body lotion and Salty has like one thought in his head that's like it directly flares up. There's no, no other I, thing I, that I, you could do with body lotion. I never used body lotion before. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't either! My entire life my body was fine, but like once you get out of your 20s, your body all of a sudden forgets how to redistribute hydration within the body. And then if I, if, if I don't use the lotion after um, after after the shower, and I I curl up in a ball on my couch, or like I slouch a little bit in my chair, then the skin on my back is stretching so far that it starts to itch because it's dry and it can't stretch. It's not flexible. <laughs> I I definitely had never had that happen before. Well, I mean, then you. <laughs> I hope you age gracefully, and it will never happen to you. But. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my showers are just too hot and too long. I ran out of body lotion and like, okay. Sure, yeah, I had to go in dry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Some levity in the middle of the podcast. That's great. <laughs> I mean, so, BPL is a very serious matter. Yeah, BPL is a very serious matter, but but make sure that you stock up on lotion before you, before the BPL starts. <laughs> you don't have the problem of running out in the middle of BPL. 
I'm not gonna lie. This is kind of the talk you can expect in those voice notes. Like it's it's mostly <laughs> memes. Like it's ninety percent memes and some unhinged talk. And the funniest thing to me is when you just randomly join a voice channel when they're currently in some weird topic that you have no clue about, and they're talking about exactly like that. I'm running off body lotion, and they're like, "What? <laughs> I just Who's me?" <laughs> And yeah, it, it's it's quite it's quite hilarious uh, from times. Right, that was the tangent by body. No, the tangent is like don't don't get old and don't have your skin dry out. Don't uh, get old. I, I I've noted this. Aren't there other aspects of the BPL that are currently not on my radar that we should be talking about here right now? Before we transition in a little bit into a little bit more general PoE talk. Uh, we could mention that while the league itself is not crowdfunded, you don't need to provide any points or anything like that, uh, we do have uh, donation links because there are costs associated with running BPL. Uh, we have a website and a backend that runs all of our scoring code. And obviously, there's costs associated with the hosting for all of that. Uh, so I'll make sure that we provide a link that can be shared for anyone that wants to donate. Uh, yeah, make sure that that is linked on the, the website as well, because I'm just looking at the website and the link is not there. It should be on the front page. It's called support BPL at the very top. Well, I'm, I'm maybe, maybe it's because I'm logged in. Oh, here. Okay. I'm, oh, I'm blind. You're right. Support <laughs> BPL. Right the in the middle. Button. Yeah. So, so um, you can click that to provide uh, us with donations that would then go straight back into BPL. It's used for uh, running the servers. It's used for providing prize money, no, not prize money, uh, prize packs and uh, donations. Let me try that again. It's used for mystery boxes and for packs for winners of the MVP. Uh, competition thing. I really mangled that explanation. Well, but like you, you don't have separate links for uh, like funding your uh, backend costs and for the prices, but it's like all just one link. To, just to be clear. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's, it all goes into the same fund, and then we use money left over after paying for the servers for prizes. And some of it we use for future events. So we don't spend all of it on a sig every single event. How much of it goes to coffee? <laughs> uh, zero. Oh, damn. Yeah. Organizers have to buy their own coffee? Yeah, we do. I haven't even gotten oh. a pizza. It's terrible. Not uh, even a pizza. Not Savage. even a pizza. We, we, we do it because we love the event. Uh, there's no reward for running the event other than it's really fun it definitely is definitely is yeah and this um, is like n number 13 coming up so this has been like four years now almost like yeah it's it's been a wild ride uh, we've run it four times a year since badger started it back in the day now badger works at ggg kind of awesome but badger is, hasn't been associated awesome. with the event directly for a while now uh, he kind of moved on 
to working in the industry and focusing on that rather than running events. So we've kind of taken the reins and been working to keep it going since. And we're very proud of Badger for starting it, even if he's not involved directly with it anymore. And I mean, I'm sure he's proud of you guys, like keeping keeping the torch up and uh, and passing it all the time. But I mean, this is like probably the best thing that any like streamer who makes events can hope for is that the event is so well received that even after they quit being on the organization team, that it still continues to exist for so many leagues after. It's like probably yeah, the biggest. Uh... We're oh, all right. really proud of it. Um... We're not entirely sure what what it will look like in the future. Uh, we, we do have POE two coming up, and it's we we don't have any concrete plans for what will happen with POE two. Uh, it's entirely possible that the event will continue to run in POE one as it is right now, but uh, it's also possible that there will be some sort of hiatus for a league while we kind of figure out how to have the event exist in a poe2 world uh, so, so that's something we're going to have to communicate about in the future um and you're right i haven't thought about that at all how is it going to exist in the poe2 world very good question it's either going to stay in poe1 if poe2 ends up not being very fun or it might get adjusted for poe2 or there might be spin-offs we'll see it, it'll it is really hard to predict what the best route will be. Um, we'll just have to play the game and see if we can have BPL in PoE2 or not. Also going to be quite stressful because it means you have to have a BPL every like six weeks or something because it's like 1.5 months of PoE1 and then 1.5 months of PoE2 for everybody that's playing both games at the same time because I like this. The it is unlikely that the current organization team will be running BPLs in both games, um, precisely for that reason. There's too much work. It, it's, al like a lot. it's already really difficult to manage to plan a BPL uh, that incorporates the stuff from a new league in the five weeks between league start and um, the current standard time for BPL, which is five weeks after league start. And we do spend a lot of the time between BPLs planning, but there's only so much you can do without knowing what's going to happen in the next patch. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have to see. Um, we're, we're kind of dependent on GGG a bit. And we have to be flexible with what they do to the game. And that includes PWE too. Hmm. Yeah. And there's so many unknown variables about that, so it's like really hard to speculate. But uh, about the things that we do know about PoE2, I mean, we've, we've recently had uh, another interview with Jonathan on Crip's channel. I think later today there's also one happening on uh, the channel of uh, Darth Microtransaction. Uh, I didn't know that. Not? I did not know that. Yeah, I think it's past your bedtime, though. I think it's 3 p.m. PST or something like that. Ooh. That's like... Uh, when is that? That's midnight, my time, so... Uh, that's th By that time, you're awake again. That's that's our start time for the late podcast. Yeah. 
So that might be the first thing you do on stream, then is react to that interview. But yeah, I mean, like, please go ahead. I don't. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have some things I was uh, just messaged uh, that I can share about the upcoming VPL. Some things that have changed and how they might or might not look like. Like some things are not final. But for example, in the last PPLs, we always had the highest gem race, right? Where we had to collect all the alternate quality gems. So this oh, now yeah. happens in lab which means we are in need for quite a few more lab runners, which is also more lucrative than ever with all the transfigured gem versions that allow really insane builds. And also, most of gems are not scaled to be played during the campaign, and they are completely overpowered, which might be quite interesting. Um, so this has changed. And then also, um, the, the way dailies are handled, because some people don't know about this, um, there's basically a huge list with possible daily quests that we get and a algorithm or a bot or something just picks randomly one of these which will then get used for the day uh, that you have to fulfill and which which brings some element of randomness randomness in so we know broadly what might come up or some of the leads know that and but but we don't know what will come up so it's always yeah, on which particular and, given day yeah, and you can check on the BPL side from, uh, I think it was like on the top right letter or something, uh, what the dailies were in the last BPL. And they were really curious ones, like collect this very specific axe with those very specific mods of a specific tier or something. And, and they're just like really weird things, like collect 100 uh, Emperor's Luck cards or something uh, as a raised option, right? Which you have to fulfill as the fastest team. So you're you're basically waiting for the daily to drop and you're immediately going into min-max whatever type of weird farm you have to do. I think I remember we had one where we had to collect ritual vessels from the uh, from, from a specific map. I can't even remember what it was. And you basically had the problem that the ritual altar never or just has a 30% chance to spawn in the boss room from which you need the specific ritual vessel, and you need that 12 of those. So it's really weird and interesting to go for these. And everybody can do that, of course. Um, and then also there's a race for some league content. Last league, it was a total race where you had to basically stay in Liner's Watch. You were not allowed to ever leave the city for any means, not go into the next zone, and you had to race to rank 50. Which is really interesting, but also really hard. So what if you had like one or two people do that? And there will be a race for this in this PPL too, but we don't necessarily know what exactly it might be. There, there might be some interesting grind for that, but uh, I don't have any information about this. But it's something that's really weird and interesting to grind for um, every PPL, and that's, that's the case for now. And the last thing I was told to ask about is we are in need of leads more than ever. So if you feel like you are able to lead, because I read something in your chat before that people are interested, you can apply, of course. Yeah. I, I think you can always apply after BPL. There will be a form listed where you're like, hey, do you want to do this? You can apply and then you're getting some briefings and all that. One thing you can do, uh, even without applying, is engage with your team, like I've said many times. Uh, Every content area inside a team usually has a captain where you're not a, an official lead, but you take on a, a responsibility and a delegation to just keep an eye on a specific content area. So there might be a heist lead that organizes all the heisters in your team. 
and then make sure that uh, the team lead has a person to contact when they need their heisters to do something instead of trying to get in touch with all the heisters for just talk to the heist lead who then talk to the individual heisters. So that kind of role, that sort of captain role is a really good stepping stone towards team leading because it allows the team leads to kind of see how you work and uh, see if you would be a good fit to be a team lead. It also gives you a nice insight to see how stressful it can be because that's part of it, right? <laughs> we have to mention this, like team leading is not relaxing. Most team leads get like 10 messages a minute or something by people because even if you're the, the lead leader and you're not a co-lead, you're under constant pressure from whispers and you have to be available and there will be issues all over the place that you have to fix, which can be really interesting itself, but you probably won't get to play much. And it's stressful, but it's rewarding. It's kind of fun uh, in its own way. I don't think I'd last a day. <clears throat> no, you definitely wouldn't. Um... <laughs> yeah, not one day. <laughs> No, but, yeah, but, I'm overwhelmed yeah. with three different people ask me questions at the same time. <laughs> That's team a no problem, is, I think. <laughs> team leading is really fun for the right kind of person. Um, but it does mean you will be sitting in your hideout doing absolutely nothing but messaging people. Um, <laughs> it will mean that you'll have to deal with people getting mad at you for no reason. Uh, but it is I really mean, as a content creator, you're kind of familiar with that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is also an issue, though, with content creators in that it's not the most exciting thing to watch. Uh, so no. y y you have to keep in mind that if you're a streamer, team leading means sitting in your hideout and messaging people for 12 hours. and Also scouring trade the entire time of live searches. Yeah, that's also a big, big part. Uh, the team leaders and oftentimes the captains are the people that we add to the item tracking for scoring purposes, because due to rate limiting issues, we can't track everyone's stash. <clears throat> so um, there's a lot of trading for team leads that is just getting point items, putting it in their stash so that it shows up for your team on the website. But as much as we say that it's very stressful, it's very difficult, it is really rewarding for the right kind of person who can deal with that level of stress and that kind of play style. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely more of a, I just want to murder mobs. Point me at something. Kill monsters fast. Yeah. Point Make me in a direction. Tell me I, mean, kill things. I mean, I, I don't know if fast applies to Baylor, but kill monsters. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> shots fired uh yeah no i think it could be really cool if you're like set yourself up as a content creator to do that and you communicate that beforehand and you like kind of get people from your team to watch you so that you, there's like faster communication right you can just say things out loud and they will hear them as opposed to you know having to type and answer to everyone specifically Absolutely. But I, that's also why a lot of team leads sit in the voice chats, the big ones, for their team most of the time. Because it is really useful to not have to figure out who to say something to. You just say, we need legion splinters. And someone shows up and goes, hey, I have legion splinters. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like I rem remember when Sis was doing that too. It was quite interesting to see a change like that. Because normally... 
you might have a lead. I think Sugar streamed her time leading and was really chill to just go into the stream and be like, hey, I have a question. And it was totally fine. And with Sizzwin, it was just bigger in the same sense where like thousands of people were watching him and constantly asking what was going on. And uh, it was quite chill to, to watch too, like quite relaxing to see somebody just manage things. It's, it's like just watching a game of Factorio or a game of RimWorld play out before your eyes without actually participating. Factorio of Exile. Let's go. <laughs> that That is actually an interesting comparison, yeah. It, it, I, I definitely can see, that's why I'm saying, I definitely can see how it's still engaging content to stream and how you can make it really exciting for your viewers, but it's definitely very different from your average Path of Exile stream. And it'd be more like a meta stream, like a race commentary or sort of or something like that, where you like actively search out what members of your team who are streaming are doing. You check their builds or maybe like, you know, maybe try, maybe a trader or crafter would be more interesting than an actual team lead from a stream slash content creation perspective. But uh, I, I think either way, you could make it very interesting for your audience. It's just oh, yeah, not as straightforward as just playing the game. <laughs> there is a ton of potential, but it is a lot more niche, like you say. Yep. I had a really good question lined up, and I forgot it again. <laughs> Always happens. Yeah. But uh, anything else in regards to BPL? Maybe maybe some questions from the audience. Maybe we weren't clear. Like the thing is, we are all BPL veterans here, right? Like we already so much in there that we we don't really have the capability to explain it from the ground up because we're just assuming we're taking so many things for granted. Maybe someone does have a question that they would like answered. And um, other than that, I think. What dates are BPL this year? Okay, that's a good question, right? So yep. uh, BPL is planned per league and not per year. So we don't know most of the dates of this year. But generally speaking, BPL happens a couple of weeks into the league. How many weeks exactly always? Five, Five. weeks into the leagues. Uh, so uh, that's when the league starts, whereas signups would be four weeks after league start. Now, this is not guaranteed to always be the case so not set in stone it, not set in stone so in this case if um league star was two weeks earlier than it was that would have put people right on christmas and that's mm. not something we would no. do no thank so you in cases where the standard five weeks would put us on a date that is obviously unsuitable like christmas or new year's eve or something then we shifted a week or two uh but generally speaking five weeks after league start and that's also why it's difficult for us to set dates far in advance because we can't set a date until we know when the next league is and that can often shift quite significantly yeah uh, we don't know if we're gonna have a four-month league or if we're gonna have a three-month league until late in the league hmm. that makes sense so, right and then but, but this yeah. current one signups open on the fifth in two days and the first sort is on Monday, and you start playing Friday next week on the twelfth. Uh, right. Runs until the sixteenth. 
So exactly four days. That was also like you, you experimented with different durations, right? But you're like pretty much set on the four days now. Yeah, I mean, we, we always have um, a question in the feedback form after that kind of asks, what did you think about the duration? Do you want it longer? Do you want it shorter? But four days just feels like a really good middle ground between the two camps because we have people that want it to be weeks long and we have people that want it to be two days. But four days allows teams of the current sizes to get most items but not all items. Um, so we kind of have to balance the duration for both playtime because it can get, if, if you play for a week straight, it gets exhausting. Uh, but also, it has to but be over a weekend, and there's a bunch of factors. Basically, four days is just enough, long enough to play with only needing like three hours of sleep. <laughs> that's the, the that's the real reason. <laughs> that is not the real no, no. reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's making it too well, tough. I mean, we can't have it too short because players who aren't the most efficient, if we have a two-day event, we're barely going to be in maps by the end of the second day. Um, at least the really low-efficiency players. Whereas if we have it too long, it just gets tiring. So four days allows most players to contribute something to the event. Also, the other end of the spectrum will just do the inverse thing, where they're like, oh, it's a two-day event, so I'm not going to sleep. That's that's the solution yep. they, they, they see fit, because it's the most efficient approach. Right? It's also equally bad. That'd be what like I'm, I'm trying to do. Exactly. We, we don't want people to optimize the fun out of the event yep and having it too short kind of does that oh, so like i just want to clarify that if i'm talking about like dj and stuff like this this is my personal choice right it's not not normal for people to play like this there are some people that just enjoy playing like that because i think i remember me playing beachheads for like 44 hours in a row like not stopping doing beachheads all all over again and it was exhausting, but it was fun in its own way. But it's normally not the, the way you expect BPL to go. That's, that's not what you're probably going to do or what everybody is going to do. That's like a one niche case out of all the participants, maybe. And it's not definitely not expected. <laughs> right. Before we go into the next BPL question, there's a, <clears throat> a quick question that I want to interject to clarify, where uh, it was asked, can you have monster projectiles as a private league modifier? And that is generally an option. Monsters fire two additional projectiles, but it's been deactivated this league because there is some abuse case where that actually creates more rare monsters for you. And yeah, ab um, ab Abyssal Spires uh, with additional projectiles creates more rare monsters, which can be affected by wisps, which gives yeah. a way absurd amount of loot. So they, they just disable the mod entirely for now for all private leagues, even if you enabled it before creating it. So it will not be an option for us, even if we wanted to, which we don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I just wanted to clarify that because uh... I guess because I'm just proud that there's an answer, a question that I actually know the answer to. But <laughs> I'm, I'm very impressed. Same. 
there is a very relevant question, and I'd like to phrase that in a little bit more general way. Uh, the question was, can I be a heister if I know nothing about heist? And uh, in a more general way, can I do a specific niche in BPL? Can I take a specific role, even if I'm clueless about it, if, I'm, if that's the first time I'm doing? No, you're forced to do whatever we tell you. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Like, I think I, I'm probably one of the, the people to talk about this. Um, we always try to have as many guides and informations and strategies, explanations on all kinds of that in the Discord beforehand. So even if you knew literally nothing about Path of Exile, if you follow the instructions we give you, you can play the content. Probably like at 90% efficiency if you're able to follow those, of course. But you will have people who teach you constantly before and during and probably even after the event how to play the content you choose to play if you want to do it. And if you're like in the middle of it, like day two, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to heist. It's so annoying and boring Then you can obviously change them to something else. And you also get teached by someone else to do that. Like at semi-efficiency at least with the limited time we have during the event of course which is limited um contrary to before the event where we have all the time in the world to explore every kind of options even give you some builds explain how you progress the build and what you need to do giving you life such as there's varying degrees of uh help we can apply and you will have no issue doing that yeah the, the event is aimed at almost all skill levels of player and when i say almost all I don't mean that we're going to exclude anyone if they're not good enough. What I mean is that, generally speaking, players might not find as much enjoyment out of the event if they are completely clueless about everything. If you've never played an ARPG before, BPL might not be where you want to start because there is a competitive aspect. There are people that want to just focus on playing as much as they can. Um, but that said, if you're willing to learn, if you are communicating with your team, I can almost guarantee that someone will be able to uh, help you get going in whatever content you want to do. We have had people that had literally never played Wee before until like a week or two before BPL, who ended up being the most impactful on their team precisely because they listened, they learned, and they played a lot and that's enough that makes sense hmm. right uh i'm currently blanking on more bpl i have something that you briefly mentioned earlier um in regards to like dropping items um oh i also so got one yep yeah, so if you are playing a con let's let's take heist as an example, right? If you're farming heist and you get a simplex amulet, there will be two possible outcomes for this. The possible outcome number one is you will just get it back after the event is done. Option two is you will get it back if you want to have it back, and it's probably better than you used to have it when you first did it in the heist contract, because obviously this item is getting crafted by our crafters or by the crafters of your team, which means in this case for Simplex, it's probably going to get split, it's probably going to get influence, and there will be some crafts done, which will improve the value if you want that to be done, right? You can always decline and be like, no, I don't want this. This is totally fine. It's up to you choice, but it probably help the team to do that. Um, but yeah, so you can just 
feel free to share the item with the team and get it back afterwards. You can also choose to just um, donate it to the raffle that's being done after each BPL, every team, most of the time. It's not like every team, but most teams do that. And yeah, that, that, that's, that's the thing I just want to mention, that items aren't lost and you're not uh, really losing progress. You, you can still farm all the things you want and take them with you into trade once the event is over. And there will be a raffle that rewards you with items if you're winning that, of course. It is, however, important to point out that if you really want an item back at the end of the event, remember to tell whoever you're giving it to that you want it back and give it to a team lead or a team captain. Because if they don't know that you want it back, then track it. It, we're not going to track it uh, by default, especially if it's an item that's not like a mage blood, because mage bloods are generally obvious that you want them back. But for less valuable items, they might not realize you want it back. And then they do something with it and you ask for it back later. And they're like, oh, <laughs> uh, yep. it's gone. Uh, so remembering to ask for it back is a good way to make sure that everyone has the same expectations and what, what will happen to the item. Yep. That makes sense. Right. And then there's a... Another question that might be obvious, but uh, I just want to bring it up. Is there an optimal time frame to play for in terms of time of the day to play? Um, for people around the globe who may be able, available at different times. Is there like a one specific time where you should be online during the day for BPL? Or is there doesn't matter no. when in the 24 hours you're there? Generally speaking, there is more activity during the day for... North America and Europe, because that's where the majority of the player base is. But there's no like requirement, there's no opt optimal time of day to play. You can play whenever you want. Uh, it's just more people might be online if you're on during peak hours for uh, the entire event, which is usually North America uh, or European daytime. But I would have, have to guess it's like 50% European, probably, right? Somewhere around that in terms of player base. Yeah, something like that. But you can be on whenever you want. Hmm. Right. Uh, while we're waiting for more BPL-specific questions, if chat has any more things that they would like to have answer we're monitoring closely but there's also another thing that you wanted to promote here lily looking at yeah. you is I, there I a, to, uh, do you want to introduce it yes i can um i made a skill tree planning website another one i know there's a oh. ton of them but there's a bit of a twist with mine uh in that it produces a nearly optimal pathing regardless of what order you select the nodes in. So instead of just selecting the shortest path to the node, it changes the path depending on what nodes you want. So if you click a node once, it's set to desired and has a teal outline to it. If you click it again, it's undesired with a red outline, which means it will never be selected. And clicking it again just clears it. But on the Atlas tree, uh, Click a mastery icon, any of them. So uh, the icon in the center. 
Right. I that clicks every notable, every notable node of that type. Huh. So if you want to Hard. select all of the Harbinger nodes, you just click the Harbinger mastery icon and all of them are selected. If you now go and click something on the left side of a tree, you can see that the pathing has changed. It went through the portal nodes automatically. Huh. And uh, that is super impressive. Yeah, I'm really I proud love of it. it. It's so good. It's, I, I think ever you since you published it, I've used it to build every single of my atlas trees. It helps so much to just plan and see what's the most efficient pathing if you're unfamiliar with the tree or if you want to just optimize everything out of it. Yeah, and it, it doesn't always create perfect trees, mostly because it's nearly impossible for that to happen. So you will have instances where it's one or two points that could be improved by just going a slightly different path. Because Point. I am using shortcuts in the algorithm to make sure that it runs in under a second instead of four weeks, uh, which is the estimated time I currently have for a perfect algorithm. Um, but it, it's really good for creating quick trees for specific types of content. You can also swap to the regular passive tree in the bottom left. Uh, oh, you can. To... That was yes. I was going to ask that next, uh, but you can yeah. bottom left. You say wait. Yes, there's a drop down below. Oh, Atlas, and then you can go for the regular tree. Oh, that's super cool. And you can also swap the class in the expected fashion. Um, right. And it does the same huh. thing. The mastery icons don't do the same thing here. Uh, mostly because it's really difficult to have a similar effect here. But it creates a nearly optimal path that's usually just one or two points off. In extreme cases, it might be like five or six points off, but that's very rare to happen. Hmm. Now, this is not a replacement for path of building or for other skill tree planning websites. It does have things that it, it lacks some features of those websites, but you can export to clipboard down in the bottom left as well to get a tree on the main Path of Excel website that you can then import into other tools if you want. Great. Then you get a link that Oh, it's just a link to pathofexile.com to the, the passive tree. Exactly. So you can import it in Path of Building or into any tree planner. Exactly. But it defaults to the Atlas tree when you open the main website, precisely because it is most useful there um, to cr quickly create passive trees, especially if you're not super familiar with the kind of tree you want to create. If you've never done a legion tree, you can just click the Legion Mastery and get all of them selected to get something to build off to kind of improve on later. Yeah, I really, I really like that, that you can like basically get the perfect tree for if you want to just optimize for one mechanic, and then you can build around that. That's yeah, super exactly. cool. So if you know the three mechanics you want to play, you click those three, and you can see a tree you can then tweak however you want. Oh. So, Harbinger, Legion, Abyss, let's go. 
Rails, Rails galore. <laughs> Let's go. You can never have too many heroes. One thing to note is there are two places in the tree where it is slightly buggy if you go up and look at the Abyss uh, cluster at the very top. This one. You can, you can see that yeah. it only selected one of the nodes there. Right. Uh, that's because the underlying tree that I get from GGG in their public files don't actually consider those to be part of the same group. Yeah, They're... these are not part of the cluster. I mean, obviously the cluster exactly. is only this, and this this goes outside, that's behind the cluster, basically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So those aren't connected in the grouping system. So I, I could add a manual exception for them, but I have decided not to right now. There's a similar issue with the uh, Searing Exarch cluster to the far left. Uh, the small one, one looks, or the, no, the, or the, one the actual small. one? Okay. It, it looks like those should be in the same group, but they're just not in a group at all. So it hmm. doesn't work. Weird. That's Weird. actually five. That entire thing is five groups, and I do not understand why. Uh, but that's, that's not important. Oh. Well, thank you for your service. Sorry, I'm this distracted. Is... I'm... I didn't know this existed. I mean, Did I only you? made it no. like two months ago. Uh, so it, it is very new. I, I can't build trees without it anymore. It just doesn't work. Like every time I try to plant a tree, it's, it's some sort of meta. I'm like, yeah, this works. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go off stream and, and do this with the tool. And it's way better. It's always it's always so much easier because you can just click the things. It's just it's just done. You don't need to improve more. You can just change some things. You like need more duplication nodes or whatever. But it's oh. so good. So Wait, good. if you click seventh gate, it automatically takes all the the gateways as well. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay, uh -huh. that's super cool. One that's thing so to note about that is clicking seventh gate is like if you clicked on all of the gates too. Which means if you click on another gate and then click seventh gate, it gets out of sync. Oh, because uh, it double clicks the gate or what? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if, you, if you right if you right click seventh gate to clear it, it also clears all of the other ones. If you now click on the top right gate or any or gate, this one or any or both, uh, and then and click then it, it turns into red. Wait, but yeah. it because it just clicks them. But couldn't you just set them to green circle? Yeah, I I, I could. That's probably what I'm gonna do. But right right now it just clicks all of them uh which is huh. not the best solution because of this but it's it's something i can improve mm, yeah minor gripes how much time did you put into this probably okay so the version that's online right now i put in probably two or three weeks um and the only reason it was that fast is because um it is basically poeskill3.com but with a different pathing algorithm because Emmett, who made poeskilltree.com, um, had a very open license on it. And I asked directly and he was like, just go for it. Uh, so like all of the rendering is just straight up borrowed from poeskilltree.com, which meant I could focus all of my attention on the pathing, which is the entire point of path of pathing. Hmm. It's a, just a side note. I also love the name Path of Pathing. <laughs> it's a great name. Honestly, it's the best name. It's, it's the best thing I've ever made. That name. Tree the website's good, but the name. It's the other <laughs> perfect. Literally perfect. Hmm. 
gotta gotta have like a inception gotta make like a, a web page where you can manipulate the pa pla path of pathing website that would be path of pathing of pathing i mean like I've, I've i've considered it i i i do want to uh to path of a pathing of a path of pathing uh but we'll we'll see what future holds it's like right. those i don't know if there's an actual game for this but when you're going through wikipedia and you search for a term and starting from a certain page do you know this you know like you're getting one start page on, a, on wikipedia and on wikipedia and you need to find another page just through wikipedia through the links there they can do this for path of pathing just just go through like every single like um sub poe website or something to find your way there have <laughs> pathing of pathing um, no, <laughs> but, um, I, I yeah. so what about a geo guesser pathback side then? <laughs> Just no. make screenshots in game. Um, I mentioned that I spent a few weeks on this version. I've spent at least as much time on another algorithm for it, uh, which is not live and you can't actually access it right now. That algorithm produces 100% correct trees. It will never give you a tree that is using more points than it absolutely needs to for the nodes you want. The problem is it takes a couple of weeks to run, uh, oh. which is a problem when you're running it in the browser. Um, and all of it is run locally on your computer. So there's no server in the backend that can just sit and crunch the numbers and figure out the best tree. So that I'm not going to make that version. <laughs> that, that version is not going to become public until I can get it to like, maybe a minute at most to create a full tree, but it's it's just not viable for it to sit and run for weeks at a time, partially because it would run out of memory before it finishes. Uh, so it's actually really interesting uh, in computer science because this type of problem has been worked on for over 50 years to kind of try to find better algorithms to do this thing faster but it is really difficult to do it perfectly fast hmm. super cool thanks for sharing that with us uh well you are also i don't know whether i want to bring this up but many people don't know you're also involved with uh, the creation of uh, the path of building yeah i also um contribute to path of building i'm not the most prolific contributor, but I'm in the top 15 at least. Um, usually have a few, a few uh, uh, lines in each patch note, at least every large patch for Path of Building. So I know a lot about tools for Path of Exile, more than I know about the game itself. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Like, thank you for uh, helping, for doing your part to make the game more playable and, uh, most importantly, more enjoyable. I I do try. Okay, let me quickly check whether there are some uh, questions regarding BPL that we still have. And if that's not the case, then I probably think we're going to transition into some more general PoE talk because. We've been spending so much time on the PPL. I also want to learn more about you as players, or at least if you're saying you're not playing that much, but maybe Salty has some things that he wants to share 
on the current I'm just, league. I'm just a casual player and nothing. nothing yeah, true, true, true. true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I'm gonna say like after we we brought up and that's something I haven't considered, but like the the transfigured gems and like the new need for lab runners. I'm thinking maybe I should do lab runner in BPL. It's quite interesting, honestly, because of the change to Grand Spectrums, you don't really need to force that many keys through Izaro, right? You can kill him any way you want. You don't need to wait for the, the pylons to buff him. You don't really need to spend so much time doing the bad puzzles that just give treasure keys. Right? You can just force your way through the lab and run through the, through the end and just take all the silver doors, take all the good gauntlets and puzzles, right? Um, that makes it a bit more interesting. Right. At least for me, it, it does create a bit more interesting lab if there really is an interesting lab, so to speak. <laughs> there isn't. But yeah. yeah, but I, I'm thinking now that you don't have to do ascendancy trials to get access to Uber Lab, like that lends even more viability to the idea of a pure lab runner that doesn't even beat Kitava and enter maps. Right, because you can I'm, even get your Uber Lab ascendancy without having done I mean, that, right? You, you or still am need I, the keys. Thinking the same. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you get them from your team, right? Theoretically, yes. In uh, BPL scenario, you can get uh, the uh, you can get keys from your team, but Offerings. oftentimes it is uh, uh, useful to at least. Place, do some mapping for even for lab runners. Yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense to just skip Kitava. I mean, sure, in the first few hours, maybe just go and farm some Merc Lab before you're level 75 or something. But later on in the game, you just want to 20 levels or something to just run lab way more efficient. Like all the movement yeah. speed you can get with 20 levels is insane, right? Which helps a lot. And also the damage it might, might not be that relevant with uh, the Warden uh, Primal, uh, the Warden, uh, the, the uh, Wildwood Ascendancy. Right, you get like a whole bunch of moves yeah, there. But you can quite easily get like Might of the Meek Jewels or Unnatural Instincts or some pure talents of movement speed. I think they give 7% or something when connected to Ranger or something. Um, but, but there's like so much movement speed you can get through the levels and through just a better path of tree that it really doesn't make any sense to exclusively skip Kidava just to run labs, especially if you want to grind some Uber labs and even Uber Uber labs, which might probably be like some of the bounties or some of the data you need to provide, right? which you need to do. You also want to run the lab trials in maps, which needs you to go to T7 or whatever, 75 area level. Um, it needs to spawn the improved labs, which you need to run too. You need to run those trials for your team, right? Because most of the time when I'm mapping, I'm like, Hey, I have an upgrade try here. Please, some of the labyrinths come and get it, and they just join my map, go in there, clear the try, and I just go into the next map or whatever in the meantime, which is way more efficient. And the, the normal offerings you will get more than enough from the heisters. They will have hundreds in the first day, at the very least, to supply you. Fucking <laughs> Yep. The, the, the more interesting part for me about this is it creates a really different environment for Labyrinths because before in the BPL, you always had to wait for the helmet bases. Always, right? You had to wait for heat shivers to pop up. We have to wait for a good black suncrest to pop up. All those really interesting helmets with good rolls, preferably. 
And now you can just go in there, just buy some gems from, from Lani, or just get some quality gems from one of the leads or one of the captains on your team. Uh, just go ham, right? Uh, it's really interesting because you can just run lab from the get-go and don't need to wait for those specific items to enchant them, to use them in there. And you can also get like exceptional gems, which is really helpful. And if you don't have really anything to do, you can even go for some currency, which is mostly shit, but well, can't really, can't really change that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm curious, uh, do, do you have any uh, thoughts moving away from BPL a little bit? Because I, I do not, I, I kind of feel bad, like just getting you on for BPL and then not giving you the chance to, to speak on your own sort of views about the game and your build, this league and all that. Do you uh, want to share some uh, insight about what you've been doing this league? I, I haven't been playing that much, so I can start since I don't have a lot to say. Uh, but I played um, static ball lightning of static totems, and it's it's been really fun. It's it's a really strong skill. Ball lightning of static is the one that just stands. Yeah, obviously. Stationary, yeah. Otherwise, I had to. Yeah, but there's the other one that that spirals. Yeah, I haven't tried that one, but the static one it it, it has so much damage. Uh, especially when using used with totems, uh, it's really fun. All right, how, how far have you pushed it? I mean, I got to sixteen maps and got my two void, void stones, but then I went out of town for Christmas, had a bunch of other stuff going on, so I haven't really done too much more with it. I also played a lot of old school RuneScape leagues, which kind of dug into my PoE time, but that's over soon, so. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. How about you, Salty? Uh, how many builds have you played this league already? I have, I mean, I have three characters, but I probably played like four builds uh, at this point. I like sort of with Bone Twitter because it's just the most efficient, right? Bone Twitter is super, super good for for the people that don't know me. Let me just introduce myself. Probably, um, I'm playing Soul Self on Softcore almost exclusively for the past one and a half two years something like that and so um, my main goal is trying to play efficient and with bone trader i i made i think i was rank eight on the ladder i'm not entirely sure i think it was rate eight, rank rank eight on the sf ladder uh pushed 200 and then just played the game then my second character was just some basic magic find with caustic arrows schedule like some, some triple mana forge setup it was quite fun and then I utilized the very balanced skill that's called Penance Brand of Dissipation, which definitely, desperately needs a buff for 100% more damage once Runebinder is fixed because the damage is so low, I even have to curse Uber bosses. And I, I still get the time to curse them, which is bad, of course. Um, no, it, it's, it's super broken. And it was quite fun um, doing Ubers on this because you just put on a brand and you run around for 10 seconds. And you can even curse of temptress because it's actually more damage um, because the brand stays longer. It's super interesting. And it's, yeah, it's super broken. Ah. <laughs> the brand stays longer with temptress? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was it's... surprised because temptress says that uh, debuffs expire slower on the enemy, but I always thought that the brand duration was like sort of your duration and not the duration yeah. on the enemy. But it's, it stays longer. Like it gives me around 13 seconds on a brand or something, uh, which does definitely help a lot. 
and you can just choose any other curse. It really doesn't matter, honestly, at this point. It's really irrelevant, whatever you were doing. Um, but it was just, just nice to have that and also decrease the action speed from the boss. Like, I'm using a Energy Blade setup, an Energy Blade Inquisitor with Spellblade and Battle Mage, which gives me like 120k lightning damage or something on the brand. That's then scaled by 60% more damage per stage. It's it's just ridiculous, right? It's absolutely ridiculous. And you can just put on the brand, put on time chains, the Uber boss is moving in slow motion, basically, and you can just kill it. And you're also chilling if you have like a Blizzard Crown on or just some cold damage somewhere, which also reduces action speed even more. It's, it's ridiculous. It was quite fun. Yeah, now I'm transitioning back into Magic Finder because it's too good. <laughs> I have to farm like, I don't know, like 100 blueprints or something. I have to finish up uh, around like today and maybe tomorrow and then probably go to T11. I think Burrow Chambers is what I want to do. Um, and I hope I, I don't die too much, but I probably will die. But that's that's the that's the spirit of softcore, at least for me. Yeah. I've, I've honestly, like, we had a podcast on the 27th where we had Snoobay and Arrow on, and Snoobay was like uh, completely advertising the MF strat and saying you could even do it in a lower maps, so you don't have to be a top-end player and all that. And Arrow was the complete opposite, where he was like, you know, dude, this MF thing is completely overrated, and the economy is so inflated, right, that there's so much money out there, but at the same time, there's so few people farming other content than maps that, like, everything sells for a lot of money because people really want the stuff that they can't get themselves. And so I kind of took that to heart, and I took my charge stacking Winter Orb Slayer into Delve uh, on, on New Year's Eve, and, dude, I never made so much money in a single day. I found a, a helmet with a fizz taken as lightning and tier two suppression tier two cold resist and then i eldritch crafted the prefixes into 117 life and crafted plus one aura gems i sold that thing for 25 divines in softcore trade like i priced it at 25 divines but i was sort of expecting someone just buying it for 15 right because softcore trade I, I didn't expect anyone wanting a defensive item like that but then it struck me when it actually sold without haggling for 25 divines. It's like, of course, Valdos, it's Valdos puzzle books that makes people want to build hardcore like characters and softcore. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other big item that I found on my way down to like 300 delve, like I wasn't even starting sideways. Uh, I found a fossilized spirit shield with tier one fractured minion damage, 105% fractured. You, you want to guess how much that sold for? Just the base with the fractured minion damage? Maybe like 30, Action. 35 divines. I want to good, say good guess. 15. It sold for 40, 40 divines without 40. haggling. 40. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been out of touch with, with trade economy for a while now. I try to stay in touch just because of my chat. Like, you want to answer questions, even though you're a solo cell phone player. So I get some information about things. And what that I was really curious. I have to say this because it was it was mind-boggling to me. You can buy um like 100c worth of blacksmith's whetstones from any player, or like just even armor scraps. Can trade them at Whalem in the city to glassblowers and get 100% of your investment as an extra. 
you basically invest 100c and you get 20c back if you're selling the last build because people don't know that it's insane the prices on coruscating elixirs on glass blowers on the, like even just enchanting the flowers at your crafting station which costs five glass blowers five and gives you like 20 chaos or something why why is that a thing i, I can't it, it's people are dumb and lazy it's insane. The amount of money you can make is ridiculous with such easy things because people just don't know it. And that's also why I say always that knowledge is the most important thing in Battle <clears throat> Exile. If you know things, you're rich and you get shit done. It's good. It's very, very good. True knowledge-based yeah, game. It, it, it's insane. I, I was <laughs> stunlocked literally for, I think, half an hour once I realized that this is a thing and people are doing yeah. this. or probably not doing this. But yeah. It's kind of surprising that that specific niche that you mentioned there with the glass blowers uh, isn't like already exploited by bots. Right? Yeah. After this definitely... podcast, someone's gonna write a bot to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell everything <laughs> quickly. Yeah, it was really interesting to see that. And what actually kind of bothers me with this league is that we have so many new skills, but not too many build guides. I think I've talked about this today. Um, because I'm always when I'm eating and just want to watch some video, maybe some build guide, some new information, and there's so little out there, even though we have so many new skill gems. There are quite a few PUBs going around, but not many build guides, and everything I see is just magic find, which is interesting, but also <laughs> gets boring after a while, right, if you only see magic find all the time, because it's so broken. Yep. And Penance Brand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now suddenly I want to play Penance Brand because I've been putting off Poison, but I didn't know about the Temp Chains thing. Don't, don't, don't play it. It's too weak. It's too balanced. <laughs> Just play it once it gets 100% more damage. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I can't, I, I can't think of a way they tested this and were like, yeah, this is totally fine. This is totally all right. No, nothing is broken here. I, it was, I played a version before that was in Pulsar's um, just low life, just pure defensive auras. I was using Grace, Determination, Pet for Blood, Tempest Shield. Nothing offensive about this. And I was dealing 20 million DPS just <laughs> out of somewhere. I don't know where it came from. I didn't even use it. I used Nyctos Lantern for Battle Mage. 1C Crystal Scepter. And it was like, where's this damage coming from? I'm not doing, I have nothing here that is supplying me damage. You take Why like one damage cluster on the tree and that's it? I didn't even take that. <laughs> like I just took some <laughs> cast speed just to ramp it faster that just feel more smoothly, right? I even played with Swift Brand, which actually lowers your total damage because it's yeah. like cutting two thirds of your duration, but it just feels more smooth. And was, I was, it was so mind boggling to see your tree where it's purely defensive and you're like why am i doing 20 million what what is this what, what am i doing here i have nothing <laughs> but yeah it was quite interesting and it's quite an interesting skill once it gets even more buffed probably right i yeah. don't think they fix it yeah I, I hope they nerf it like they have to nerf it like they fit they need to fix rune binder and nerf the damage by 90 percent, and you're still perfectly fine to do all ubers and then, then it's all right probably in a good spot Wait, so just to be clear, Bella, you've been playing Panin's brand, but you haven't transitioned into Poison yet? Because I've seen oh. your thumbnails after you came back from your Torchlight excursion. You wanted to make a boss killer? Yeah, I, I did the Inquisitor. Ah, okay, I, right. I, I did uber bosses all day today and got nothing. And now I'm over it. Now <laughs> I don't want to do uber bossing anymore. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Same happened to me. Although I, I did get the... Um, uh, the... Uh, Solo Ascension Gloves 
from Uber Uber Elva, which was quite fun. As a, as a player, it's like 1% or below 1% drop chance, I think. Uh, was quite fun. I'm probably not going to use them, but I have them. It's nice. It's shiny. Right. Okay. Well, now we're running close to the two-hour mark and we're slowly running out of time. We do definitely, before I forget it, want to thank Lily and Salty for making time to appear here today. And uh, yeah, we're definitely going to have you back, Salty. You have tons of things that you want to talk about, seemingly, and it feels... Uh, I have a lot, yeah. I always... Like, I mean, another podcast kind of thing like you were also there on the trial of knowledge you remember right and that is running joke that i just talk too much and i'm really really trying not to talk too much because i always <laughs> if i get stuck on a topic i can speak for hours like i don't normally speak too much but if i get stuck on something it, it happens i'm trying my best to <laughs> well, contagious enthusiasm is what i would call it yeah, probably <laughs> right uh, is there is there any closing remarks that you want to uh, bring up, Lily? Is there anything you want to plug besides your Path of Pathing page or uh, the work that you do on, on the BPL and uh, Path of Building? No, that's basically my entire life. Um, <laughs> just remember to sign up early. We only have 1,200 slots for the BPL. So don't wait yeah. if you want to play. And if I'll make you... sure to spam it again. Join the if you're BPL not sure Discord. you're going to have time to play, remember you can always withdraw if you do it before Thursday. So just sign up, and if you find out on Monday that you can't play, let me know. We'll pull you out. Sounds good. Right. And then, yeah, if there's any news around uh, Path of Building, we've also been in the talks for a while to do a Path of Building episode. Um, where we go into a little bit behind the scenes with uh, you and maybe someone else from the POB team. So if that's uh, something that we could uh, look forward to, always let us know. We'll be happy to have you back on as well. I'll give the uh, other contributors and the maintainers a few pokes and see if they're available sometime. Would be cool, especially like, I mean, obviously in the first month of the league, we, we usually try to have people on who play the game a lot, but uh, as uh, the league becomes a little bit more, well, not stale in the sense that there's, but we've obviously covered most of the talking points. We try to do some themed episodes around various things. So that would be cool to finally do one around Path of Building because that's like a probably mm. the most central tool to the community uh, outside of Neversync's Filter Blade. And the episodes with NeverSync are always really cool. It's so awesome to hear NeverSync's take on, takes on the game because it's quite opinionated as well. Uh, I'll post the links again here in both the YouTube and the... Uh, oh god, no. No, not like this. There was no space in between. Okay, now, now all the, the links are con conjoined here. That, that's not good. Sign up to everything. Oh, they still work if you click them. Oh, they do on mine. Yeah. And the yeah, YouTube they're chat? Separate. They're separate. Okay. Okay. In the Twitch, at least. And the Twitch, yeah, that's true. But on the YouTube, it looks like there's no space in between them. So I'll just yeah, like, post no, them again. It doesn't work in the YouTube. So, right. Um, trying to think. Is there anything else? Balor, what are you doing uh, for 
you know, the next foreseeable future in Path of Exile. Oh, my next build's a horrible plan. That's what I'm doing. Something terrible. Um, oh I'm making a warlock something. I don't... Um, warlock's not used, so... Probably for good reason. But I'm going to try. That's really weird, yeah. Because you it's, have it's to, very niche. What, what, what bothers me with Warlock is you basically have to scale exclusively into life. You cannot reserve it because yeah. you get more damage with the life you're spending with the one Ascendancy node, right? But the other says you can reserve more life, which is like, why? So <laughs> why I'm, am I going to do this? I'm doing it with Dissolution of Flesh, Eternal Youth, um, Rasp, Blitz and gloves, whatever Rath, Rath, boot, uh, shield, whatever that is. Raspid's shield. Rathpith globe. Yeah, that's the one. Um, that and uh, penance <laughs> brand of impaling. Huh. Yeah. No, sorry. Uh, Bladefall of impaling, not penance brand of impaling. Blade oh, okay. I was gonna say. Oh, uh, I was like, it's sorry, I got penance brand like, on my brain. To the station or something with like the the crit impaled, which would be kind of fun, honestly, on penance brand. That's quite interesting. <laughs> it would be, but that's not what I meant. I meant I meant Bladefall <laughs> of impaling. I look. I think the idea functions. I don't know if it's gonna be any good though. Like it's hmm. it's an idea. I'll just try it out. You can always work something out there. Just be aware of the sacrifice of the shield that might hurt you quite badly, honestly. <laughs> um, so eternal youth will make me always regen, right? No. It will. What, what Recharge, you mean. Doing Recharge, is, because yeah, yeah. you mix it with dissolution of flesh. And with dissolution of flesh, you never take any damage. It reserves your life instead. Which means it never stops the regen. True. Which means I will always have recharge help from the shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for interjecting and interrupting all the time, but it's very important that recharge and regen are separate <laughs> things. They're both means of recovery, but yeah. they're not the same thing. Also, isn't um, the warlock essence disabling a lot? Like, didn't your energy shield to zero or something? Which then would also kill your energy shield recharge because you don't have anything. Uh oh. I didn't think of that. <laughs> I don't think so. I think, that, I think that's how it works. I think it removes all your energy shield, and therefore you have zero energy shield recharge that you can then apply to your life, which is how I use <sighs> it on my build. Like I've, I have like 13,000, 14,000 yes before using Energy Blade, and if I use it, my Hang energy on. recharge gets cut, but I can still apply it to the life I have left. I've never used Eternal, Light, Eternal Youth. I always thought that it makes your life recharged and based on your mm. life rather than your AS. That's what I no, think no, happens, just, yeah. It just re reapplies it, I think. Just well, I'm your... not entirely sure, but I have like uh, loads of life and yes with ivory tower that I didn't reserve to get more yes. I don't think... I think it, it does just, what just I think it does. Check it, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I think it does not... what I think it does. Like, I'm not entirely sure on mine. Like I just have both both values are so high on my build that I can't really distinguish them. I've definitely some seen someone play the build. I'm not sure whether that they specifically did it the way you did it, but they did Bladefall of Impaling with Warlock. And I think it was on a either on a Marauder or a Duelist Ascendancy. But it 
Balor, you're not going to like the damage. Like like the guy in chat says, don't don't do it. You're you're not going to enjoy that build. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching your stream, but <laughs> I'm gonna do it. and I'm gonna make it good. I've decided. I'm looking forward to it. I'll yoink it once it's good. Here's the thing: I'm playing Penance Brand Inquisitor, and it's too good. It made the whole game way too easy. I did Ubers all day. I'm looking for something shit to turn into good. I'm looking for something that's bad, a bad idea, and then force it to be good. So that's that's what this is. Well, I'm not sure you're going to get a good build out of it, but it's definitely going to be good content. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice way of saying this. <laughs> yep. <sighs> good. Well, in that case, just cross the two-hour mark. We're going to keep it short and spicy. This was dedicated to the BPL, guys. Once again, the BPL is a private league that is organized by a bunch of very dedicated people. We're going to have the 13th BPL in total coming up next week. Signups are open on the evening of the 5th of January. If you want to play, it is recommended that you sign up right away as the signups open. You'll be randomized onto one of, in this case, four random teams. You have to organize within the team and score certain point goals. And in the end, a winner will be a... Uh... Shit, I, I'm missing a word. What, what is the word? A winner will be declared? Crown. We have a crown. Yeah. If you're, crown, if you're, yeah. You get a crown in the Discord. It's a special role. You can spend the, the crown. I think last time it was a golf crown or something. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a crown. Right. And there, there's also apparently some, some uh, prizes for the team leads and all that. So if you, you want to be a team lead, get in touch with the BPL Discord, with the organization team. There's tons of things that you can involve yourself with. And... Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to play. Balor's going to play. Salty's going to play. Lily's going to BPL Orga team. Gonna be there. I'm going to ban people. <laughs> tell us when the sword is or when, when the BPL is starting. Sword when? I, I don't need to tell people when the sword is anymore because I programmed the Discord bot that insults people when they ask and then tells them. <laughs> nice. That's the best thing. Like, like a few days before, everybody's like, sword when, sword when, sword when. And just replying good it's great right yeah so again if you're looking to to play and learn a lot about the game and play it in a very different way from a regular league start this four day event might be for you so definitely check it out check out these beautiful broadcasters once again thanks lily for coming on thanks salty and balor as always for being here uh we got a next episode coming up on this Saturday already, before the BPL starts, when the BPL happens, we're probably going to pause for an episode just so we can fully uh, no life the BPL. But we got an episode coming up on Saturday, same time slot again, 1 p.m. GMT, and we're going to be joined by Lolololocohol and Travik, who's going to make his first time appearance. So that should be interesting. And uh, until then, I hope you have a great day, a great uh, farming session and whatnot and don't forget to sign up for bpl see you for the next one and uh bye bye guys wait bye. i have to hear that's bye bye, bye. <laughs> i know a lot of people want to send blankets or water just send your cash